The cab driver used to enjoy his job on summer evenings. Driving through the winding streets of Ishinomaki, he would often pass the port where white sailboats bobbed on the water and turned from blue to silver in the moonlight. In summer, his passengers were also more pleasant, giddy with the arrival of warm weather. But the summer of 2011 was different. The streets once alive with people were now empty and dark. The homes, businesses, schools, and hospitals that the driver passed every day on his route had disappeared, flattened and scattered throughout the landscape. So, the driver was surprised when, while driving through a particularly hard-hit area, he saw a young woman hailing him. As he pulled over, he noticed that she wore a heavy winter coat in spite of the balmy summer heat, and her hair looked wet even though it hadn't rained in days. When she got in the cab, she asked him to take to the city's Minamihama district, which surprised the driver. That area is almost empty, he said as he turned on the meter. Are you sure? The back seat was silent for a moment. Then, in a trembling voice, the young woman said, Have I died? Frightened, the cab driver turned around to find the back seat empty. The woman had vanished. What? Stay tuned to hear all about that on The Reluctant Historian. Everybody, I'm Liz Lawson, and this is our Reluctant Historian. Dakota Lawson. You almost cut me off there. Yeah, that's... You should hurry the fuck up. <laughs> this is the podcast where I try to show my husband that history is actually cool. So, if you love history... Or you absolutely hate it. Stop it. <laughs> this is the podcast for you. We would like to begin by recognizing that we are recording on Treaty 6 territory and the homeland of the Métis Nation. We make this acknowledgement and recognition that we are settlers here on the land that belongs to the many different First Nations of Canada. Okay, Koda, what do you think we're going to talk about? Ghosts. Yeah, you got it's it. Clearly ghosts. This is, the, <laughs> this is a wicked w- 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 Wicked Wednesday. In the morning. With Koda and Liz. What, what, what? So, uh, yeah. Is, uh, I don't know what else, much else to say, uh, but we are uh, uh, now a ghost podcast. <laughs> we are um, going to prove the existence of ghosts. Oh, they're real. We are going to, there's going to be like, throughout the podcast, you might hear like a noise or something like that. And we're going to be like, oh, what's that? We are the ghost chasers. Yeah. And and then we're going to realize that it was just like Jasper, Jasper. flopping his tail, <laughs> flapping his tail around and hitting the, the, the thing. But we're going to be like, oh, it must be a ghost. Yeah. Well, my, my Geiger meter is off the chain. Isn't a Geiger meter like for radiation? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> People are going to think that you're like super rude to me which like you are i am i am you they would think right yeah i mean i guess they're gonna think it in like a negative way i don't you're a kind soul no i'm not (laughs) well yeah so for today's wicked wednesday we're going to be talking about ghost stories specifically the ghosts after the giant tsunami in japan of 2011 yeah so we're gonna be talking about that oh so that's why all the the streets has changed and no one was there anymore. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wow. What's your going nugget? Well, yesterday. <laughs> Man, I must be funny. All I had to say was, well, yesterday. No, because I know what you're going to talk okay. about. I know what you're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. And the way you said it was really funny. And in my mind, that was funny. So, and also, I just think that everything you say is funny. I yeah. just really think you're a funny man. Everyone does. Get in line. Okay. <laughs> so... Yesterday, mm-hmm. sorry, wait for the no. There was no audience laughter, laughter there. No, you said it normally. Well, no, I'm waiting for our audience ah. to finish their laughter. Got it. In this case, 
So every time I say a joke, I'm going to pause for a little bit. <laughs> Perfect. So yesterday uh, at our board game store, there was a, a big sale on a ding. Yeah, ding and dent sale. Ding and dent the sale on games. And they had a bunch of games that just were like either used or just not in like perfect quality um, or just ones that they had too many of. And they were like oftentimes half off or more. So we went there earlier in the day and got three games. And then we went there later in the day because they kept on adding to it. And we got two more games. Yeah. And so we got five new games for about 100 bucks. And it told us on our receipt how much we saved. We saved about 200 bucks. Yeah. So we got $300 worth of games for 100 bucks. It was amazing. Yeah. And I was really excited about it. because So we got three games mm. the f when we first got there. So we got Small World, Seven Wonders, and Boss Monster. So most people, not most people, if you don't play games, you might not be familiar with these. Um, but they're games that I've wanted to buy, but I haven't been like willing to necessarily drop money on them. Cause I'm always like, Oh no, I'd rather get a different game instead of these games, mm -hmm. even though I've really wanted to own these games and have them and play them. And so this was a perfect reason to just like get these games that I've been wanting for a long time and not have to pay full price for them. And then we got two new games that we've like never heard of. Yeah, and they're they're cool. There's they're like this one is a zombie game where you have to flick the figures. Like it's like, um, I think to kill the zombies you have to like, I don't even know how it works. But I you know have to, <laughs> you have to f use your actual finger to flick them. Yeah, and it's just a different game mechanic that we're not uh, used to. Yeah. so we're trying to reach out like branch into new yeah. areas of um, games we haven't played before. So yeah, just and we never would have bought it. You know, right. I think it was originally 60 bucks and we got it for 25. Yeah. So, uh, and then like Boss Monster was 10 bucks. Yeah. It's regularly 40. I know. It's like so cool. Yeah. So, so but, uh, but for Dakota recommends this week, I'm going to recommend, uh, two things. Mm -hmm. One, uh, Small World. Yeah. Uh, which, so uh, fun. I'm so glad you finally, yeah, yeah. So, so I typically like the resource management games and this is more of a strategy game. Which, and I love strat games. Yeah. That's Liz's favorite. So, uh, she's wanted me to like more of them. And this one I actually loved. I thought it was awesome. Yay. So, and there's so many expansions. So we'll yeah. be able to play lots. So I'd recommend, you know, play Small World. Uh, it's super good, uh, and it's kind of like it's kind of like Risk, where you yeah. you have to take over this land. Yeah, but it's a small world after all, <laughs> so you uh, there isn't a lot of space to take over. Yeah. So, uh, and you get to be like cool races. So like yeah. yesterday, I was the bivouacking tritons, which doesn't really make sense because there's a yeah. seafaring yeah. bunch. But you were, and then you were a rat man. I was. I was a diplomatic rat man. Yes. Uh, so yeah, play that. And then also uh, just my other recommendation is go out and support your local comic book and or, I love that. uh, board game store. Yeah. Cause they support local. Don't buy them Amazon. Yeah. They're, um, super good. Like our comic book store is incredible. We always Amazing find... stories if you live in Saskatoon. Yeah. It, we always find uh, amazing stories. stories. <laughs> So yeah. what about you? What's your uh, lump of coal you said this week? Yeah. So honestly, I think it's bigger than a lump of coal, but I don't really, we lump, don't have another. Lump of shit. <laughs> well, more than that even. So. Lump of cow shit? Yeah. Roe v. Wade was struck down as the law of the land in America. And I don't necessarily have the time to get into it fully today, but. You got, you got to be somewhere? Well, no, I just, it's, it, I think it's an episode on its own where you can just hear me rant. Fair. about it um 
But yeah, I think I just wanted to make our listeners aware of the fact that, like, even though the majority of us are Canadians, we need to be really vigilant because there are tons, like 82 specifically, conservative MPs who are trying to get abortion on the books of yeah. law here would, in Canada. Would it? Uh, I I don't know if everyone from around the world is familiar with Roe v. Wade. Would. So Roe v. Wade was the landmark decision in 1972 that was under the 14th Amendment in America that said that abortion, uh, I think was a right to, like it was pri- a private matter for a, a woman to be allowed to have. And uh, the federal government said you can't regulate it. And... The Supreme Court just decided on Friday that you could they were going to overturn it and that states should be allowed to make those laws. Yeah. So now states can decide whether or not they want to right. overturn and that, it. Which, and there's a ton that are overturning it. Right. So there's a bunch that it is now going to be illegal. Yes. Um, what are what some of the states like Texas, Tennessee? Alabama. Ugh, the Bible Belt, essentially. Right. Yeah, the ones you'd expect. <laughs> yeah, I'm not from America, so I don't really know exactly. But yeah, but uh, yeah. So to our American listeners, I'm I'm sorry for the way your country is going. Yeah, yeah. I I can't imagine America what you guys are experiencing, and I feel like you know it's so scary that Justin's the Clarence Thomas guy was like, and now we're gonna look at you know contraceptives. Anal sex between consensual adults and gay marriage. We think yeah. that all of those should be. Yeah, and what was that? That tweet that that guy s- sent out. Uh, um... Oh, and there was another tweet. Uh, a senator, I don't know where he's from, t- Tennessee, maybe. And he was like, "Good, glad Roe v. Wade is done. Now look at Plessy versus Ferguson and Brown, which is re- uh, segregation in schools." Yeah. So what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, <laughs> it's super messed up that somebody would still think that way. Yeah. So then I want to go back to Canada here. We got a little oh, distracted. Okay. I think most people want to go back to Canada That's at this point. true. <laughs> most people want to go back to 2022, not 1940. Yeah. <laughs> but um, in Canada, right, so abortion isn't actually on the legal books because it's a medical condition. And so, you know, there's some back and forth about that. Like, oh, we need to have laws protecting it, da 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 But I... I I need to read a little bit more about it, but I don't necessarily that think that that's like the right option because if you have it as a law saying that it's legal, then you can have it as a law saying that it's illegal. And so lots of conservative MPs are trying to get it onto the law books. Mm-hmm. So they're doing like backhanded ways. So one MP brought forth legislation to say like, hey, we should ban sex selective abortions, which like, which on the surface, that makes sense. You can't abort a fetus based on the term, like, it's sex, but then it's on the law books, and then if a conservative government got into power, they could be like, you know what, we're gonna you make this bigger, and be like, mm-hmm. now abortion can't be legal. So right, right now it's a medical procedure, yeah, and so, so that's protect- protected under our healthcare. That's good. But it's still not, like, really accessible to all humans, no. so we need to expand that, yeah. our healthcare. And- yeah. You know what's, okay, this is, I don't know if this, this is funny, but I'll maybe leave some room in, you know, for laughter in case, but... There's these, uh, at the hospital, one of the hospitals in our uh, city, uh, you know, every once in a while, there'll be protesters, uh, you know, standing outside the hospital with signs that are like, you know, abortion is the devil or something like, don't get an abortion, choose God or some some shit like that. (laughs) I drive by and I'm like, 
Oh, so you can get abortions there. I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) So honestly, and I'm not even, this isn't even a joke. That's advertising. That's fair. (laughs) Because I wouldn't have, I, I mean, I don't. You... I don't think about abortions a ton. I, yeah. you know, I just, I just go and leave man. my seed wherever I please. Dakota. <laughs> so, so, uh, but, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think about where I would, uh, you know, where you would go for one, you know, if you could mm-hmm. just go to a hospital or if there's a clinic for it. Now I know you can go to that hospital. <laughs> That's fair. So thank you, uh, a, a evangelical christians yeah and also fun fact let me just tell you a brief history of roe v wade yeah um it's not going to be a fully formed history because i don't have all of the details but i do know the main details so roe v wade right um it prior to roughly the 1980s maybe the 1970s um, or 60s, actually, I guess, because that's when segregation was on the books, whether or not it should be allowed. Um, <clears throat> the conservative party in America was like, we need to unite the right. So mm-hmm. I'm stealing words from today, but we need to unite the right because segregation is going to pass, or no more segregation is going to pass, and we don't want that. We want to combine, like, get all of the people on the right to be able to be around one issue. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, how about pro or how about abortion that can be what we can get all the evangelicals to rally around so prior to that most evangelicals didn't actually have a problem with abortion because in the bible it says life begins at first breath it doesn't say at conception so evangelicals are usually like pretty literal in the bible so that so then in the 80s we had this group of people called the moral majority and we talked about them in our satanic panic episode and so they were focused on you know, trying to get um, Christians, like Christian beliefs into politics. And our, the SCOTUS right now is a result of that push. They, their goal was to have a fully conservative Supreme Court of Justice so that they could do exactly what is happening right now. So evangelicals who are not in politics, who are voting for the right, have been manipulated by these right-wing evangelical politicians into rallying around a thing that doesn't actually even matter, but has its roots in racist segregation. Yeah. And that is why we have America. We're not Americans. Why America has a conservative Supreme Court, because it has always been their goal to have this happen so that they could make way more conservative rulings and go back to the fucking... 50s where you have segregation yeah so they they they, talk about the 50s like that was the glory days i don't like anyways so most evangelical people don't know that they do not understand how they have been manipulated to think something that isn't actually biblical there's fucking verses in the bible that tell you how to like perform an abortion oh interesting i've read the entire bible because (laughs) you didn't understand that part well no i uh when i when i became a christian i was just like this is a weird phase of my life i'm definitely not at this place anymore but i was like i need to do uh to become a christian i need to read the entire bible so i read (laughs) that is what jesus asks us to do yeah (laughs) don't love your neighbors no he's like read this boring book so i read it front to back Mm -hmm. and uh i'm gonna tell you this i give it two shitty christians out of ten Perfect. Yeah. I thought you were going to say two circumcised penises out of ten. 
Why did you think that? I don't know. That was just something God was kind of obsessed with yeah, in the New but Testament. Like, but like at the same time, I could have said like two, uh, I don't know. Uh, burning bushes. Burn, two burning bushes, two uh, plagues, two uh, turning people into salt. Like, like that's the other thing is that they say that God never changes. This is getting away from us. This is a long... <laughs> I know. I was like, maybe we aren't going to talk about the tsunami ghosts. Well, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> so they say God never changes, but I look at God as sort of a... He is like my grandpa, <laughs> okay. where when he was younger... He was a miserable prick, <laughs> mm. you know, just like a mean, mean man, you mm-hmm. know. And then as he got older, he mellowed out. He mellowed out and now he was, you know, turned into a goofy, uh, like caring dude, mm. right? Yeah. That's Old Testament, New Testament. Yeah, but it's like, that's just something I've never understood is that God always stays the same. It's like, I don't believe that. <laughs> He's like, clearly there's a different guy, like, you know, back when... He had a baby and he mellowed out. <laughs> yeah, like, like back when with Sodom and Gomorrah, when the freaking, uh, there was the two, the, the one family that was good and they were told, leave, yeah. leave here. Lot. And Lot and his... Um, Daughters, his who then hu- he had sex with. His daughter, his honeys, if you will. Uh, was his wife there no, or no? She went, but then she looked back and got yeah, turned yeah. into that's, stone. That's what I'm saying. Or salt. So he's like, don't look back. And then... <laughs> And then you know the wife was just like, oh, I just want to just want to see what it looks like. I turned back, he fucking turned her to salt. I know these are like these are to me the Bible is stories. You know yeah. it's not it's not all it's not fact to me. It's like just like stories where you can learn lessons from them and stuff. Uh, what the what's the lesson there? Just don't uh fucking don't look back on your past. You're not going that way. Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> so yeah i but but still that that god is a twat yes (laughs) so uh i much prefer the version of him later i i actually have um you know this but uh, for listeners i actually own uh, a lego bible Uh, it's uh my it's even if you're not a uh christian or don't believe in god it's worth a read because (laughs) it's literally an enti- the entire story of the Bible, but uh, somebody took Legos and sort of like took pictures of them acting out scenes in the Bible, and it's the. Do gr- they have that scene in it? Uh, well, no, I don't know. Probably. Because I mean, like that story it, is pretty, yeah, pretty aggressive. They, I, they definitely trim some of the. There is still death in this Lego Bible, but it's definitely, you know, it's more kid friendly. But but even still, the fucking uh, Veggie Tales bible <laughs> mm-hmm. uh which if you're not familiar with the veggie tales they are uh, evangelical vegetables ev- evangelical vegetables it's a cartoon for uh, christian children about you know god and stuff like that so um i was looking at a uh veggie tales bible and i'm pretty sure in it's somewhere i was just skimming like the harshest parts of it and i'm pretty sure it still has the part of um uh, a, a woman or no a, a man shall not lay with a man the way he does with a woman <laughs> like which is pretty messed up to put in a children's book that's fair uh, you know but uh yeah so to begin <clears throat> oh this is a, we're just segue <laughs> what a segue so to begin uh, uh okay so let's uh take a hard stop there there was our 
This is the separation in the episode where that was our big uh, religious rant. Uh, and and uh, politician. And politician. Politi- political rant. And we're just a bunch of liberal cucks over here really in are. Canada. So yep. there we go. So now, ghosts. Yes. So to begin, you need to have a little bit of knowledge about the Japanese earthquake and tsunami of 2011. Also known as the Great Sendai Earthquake or Great Tohoku Earthquake, it was a huge natural disaster that occurred in northeastern Japan on March 11th, 2011. Do you remember it? <laughs> no, I was playing, um, I was just anticipating Skyrim coming out. How old are you? 2011? Yeah. Uh, I would have been nine, like 19. Okay. I was, I don't know, remember how old I was, but I was teaching at the university. Mm. Um, I was teaching English as a second language learners and the mm. majority of my students were actually Japanese. So oh. when this happened. Oh shit. Was it, mm-hmm. was it real tough on them? They didn't really react, but also it could be because they were, you know, have a different culture response to grief i don't know yeah maybe they're better at it than, than us <laughs> no i think they just like push it down pretend oh i don't know so i honestly don't know i don't know yeah they just didn't really say anything the event began with a powerful earthquake off the northeastern coast of honshu japan's main island it was a magnitude 9.0 earthquake and it struck at 2:46 p.m the epicenter of this quake was located about 130 kilometers east of the land and occurred at a depth of about 30 kilometers below the floor of the western pacific ocean near the subduction zone associated with the Japan Trench, which separates the Eurasian Plate from the Pacific Plate. Uh, No Eurasian. This earthquake was the strongest to strike the region since the beginning of record-keeping. Record-keeping? Record-keeping? Fuck. In the late 19th century, and it is considered one of the most powerful earthquakes ever recorded. This earthquake, which occurred in the ocean, spawned a series of highly destructive tsunami waves. A wave measuring 10 meters or 33 feet in height swept over the coast and flooded parts of the city of Sendai, including its airport and the surrounding countryside. Some reports also note that one wave penetrated 10 kilometers inland. Waves also struck the coasts of the Iwate Prefecture, Ibakari, Chiba, and Fukushima. Indeed, it may be the devastation at Fukushima that this tsunami is most well known for. Following the tsunami, several nuclear power stations were damaged by the waves most notably the Fukushima Daiichi plant, which was situated along the Pacific coast. Here, the power was gone, as was the backup generator, and with all power gone, the cooling systems failed in three of the reactors within the first few days of the disaster. Subsequently, their cores overheated, leading to partial meltdowns of the fuel rods. This was followed by explosions, fire, and the release of significant levels of radiation in the days and weeks following the earthquake. And Gojira. Gojira. Because of this, concerns over possible radiation exposure, Japanese officials established a 30-kilometer no-fly zone around the facility, and an area of 20 kilometers around the plant was evacuated. But this story isn't about Fukushima, nor is it about the tsunami. Nor is it about Godzilla, unfortunately. It is about the ghosts that began popping up after. Ghost of Godzilla's past. That's what we'll call this movie. (laughs) In the weeks and months following the tsunami, rumors of ghosts of the dead started to circulate and people began to speak of unusual events. Mysterious knocks on doors from soaking wet figures who didn't speak, spirits wandering through the streets unsure if they were dead or alive, and curious eyes peering out of puddles. Ooh. (laughs) A fire station in in Tajago... Tagajo. I feel like (laughs) you're going to have to say a lot of things in this episode that are... 
tough. <laughs> yeah, and like some Japanese words I'm okay at pronunciating, but yeah. most of them I'm not. So like I apologize. Hawaii. Yeah. So this fire station received incessantly received calls to houses that had been destroyed. Calls that only stopped after the firemen drove to the ruins and prayed for their deceased residents. The ghost of an old woman was said to appear in a living room of a temporary house in a refugee community, and she would sit down for a cup of tea. After she left, the cushion that she sat on was always wet with seawater. <laughs> it was wet with pee. <laughs> no, she was a ghost. Well, I'm... Ghosts can pee. You okay. don't know that. I mean, maybe somebody made her laugh. I know I know you ladies like to piss yourselves when you make it. Not that we like go. to. It's that as we get older, our bladder changes. Oh, that's not just when you're young, too? No. Oh, I just thought it's like every time I've made a woman no. uh, laugh, they just piss themselves. No. <laughs> well, no, and I was like 19. God, I my was My bladder like, was very different. Damn, well, I guess I've got to erase that tracker on my phone. I've, I've got a tracker. Do you? Uh, the, uh, every time no, I've made you? a girl piss themselves, I I write a little stroke. So now I'm at literally asking, like legitimately asking, do you? Because I feel like that's something that you would have. That's, I don't know if that's insulting or what that is, but. Uh, <laughs> or what does that say about you? What does that say about me <laughs> that you would think that that's true? Yeah, um, Listeners, do you think that that's true or not in this moment? <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna actually give though. I you do want five know. seconds to respond, and then I'm going to answer. Five, four, three, two, one. No, that is false. Uh, <laughs> but, but like, could be true. <laughs> ab- absolutely. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm a I'm a creepazoid. So. Yep. I don't know necessarily that it's creepy. I think it's more like speaking to hubris that you would be like, I'm so proud of how many times I can make people laugh. Or piss themselves. That's true, too. (laughs) So the story that I told at the beginning of this episode was another example of the ghosts. It comes to us from a graduate student in sociology called Yuka Kudo. After the tsunami, Kudo traveled to Ishinomaki every weekend to interview cab drivers for her thesis. Each time she entered a taxi, she would ask, did you have any unusual experiences after the disaster? Most of the 100 cab drivers she interviewed ignored her, some got angry, but seven told her eerily similar stories of phantom riders who disappeared during the journey. Another driver told Yuka of a lost-looking man in his 20s, whom he picked up and who kept pointing forward when he asked where he wanted to be taken. After having been asked several times for an address, the passengers simply stated Hiyariyama, the mountain located not far from Ishonomaki. When they arrived at the summit, the driver turned around to find that the strange young man had vanished. What? But he hadn't even paid his fare. Yeah, actually, so that's kind of, like, I'll get into it, but that's kind of how they prove, they, they, they say they're proving that this was actually Be- happening. Because their their timer thing is on. Yeah. Yeah, and then they're like, ah, I didn't get paid for this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> all of a sudden when they when they don't get paid, they're like, all of a sudden they talk like New Yorkian, New, New York, New Yorkians. Yep. <laughs> There have also been many stories of possession occurring. Mm. Kansho Aizawa is a professional exorcist who is in high demand. Ishonomaki. Ishonomaki. Istanbul. (laughs) Is in high demand in Ishonomaki. Aizawa and the townspeople have reported countless ghost sightings everywhere in the town, from businesses to homes to hospitals and the middle of the street. There are headless ghosts and some missing hands or legs. Others are completely cut in half, she said. People were killed in so many different ways during the disaster, and they were left in limbo. 
they often appear as they were when they died. A week after the tsunami, Eizawa was driving her car when she saw the spirits of a group of deceased boys aimlessly trying to find their way home. She pulled over to talk to them and told them that they were dead and it was time for them to leave. And so they did. A local resident named Shinchini Yamada managed to escape the tsunami's waves and was able to salvage two Buddhist statues he had before his house was destroyed. Yamada claims strange things began to occur when he brought the statues with him to the temporary housing he was staying at. He said his two children suddenly became very ill and he felt a random presence of a supernatural being at his home. To quote, A couple of times when I was lying in bed, I felt something walking across me, stepping across my chest. So he turned to Eizawa for help and now says that his life has improved since he put the statues in a shrine and prayed. However, he believes that while the statues may now be at peace, they will always be haunted by the events that transpired in 2011. Eizawa is not the only person who has helped with possessions. Reverend Tao Kanata also feels a calling to help the victims. Sorry, <laughs> this is dumb, but there, there's possessions and then he has his possessions. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and his possessions were possessed. Yeah, that's all. (laughs) At one point, Kaneda did battle with a hostile spirit which had possessed a builder. As described in the book Ghosts of the Tsunami, the man had begun randomly rolling in the mud and growling like an animal as people passed by his home. Oh, no. (laughs) Kaneda splashed the man with holy water and suggested that maybe his own flippant attitude had attracted an angry spirit who had yet to find peace with his death. At another time, a woman was brought to Kaneda in the middle of the night. She was acting bizarrely and writhing in pain. He and his wife brought her into the inner sanctum of the temple to pray over her and light incense in an attempt to remove the spirit. At one point in the night, the woman began to retell the story of her death, of how she and her little brother, so this is when she's possessed, Hmm. of how she and her little brother had seen the waves coming in across the land, and so they turned and ran. The brother grew tired and yelled to his sister that he could not keep running, to which she begged, do not let go of my hand, do not let go of me. As the waves crashed over them, the girl could no longer hold on, and she let go of her younger brother. Oh no. In the temple, the woman was crying for her mother, asking for forgiveness. Kaneda attempted to hold her hand in comfort, but she reeled back in anger, screaming, no. It was then that Kaneda's wife took the woman's hand and said, it is okay, your mother forgives you, let go and go to the light. Following this event, the woman said she no longer felt the pain of the spirits. Wow. And this wasn't the only case of ghost children. One school that was badly hit during the tsunami was the Okawa Primary School in the village of Kamayaya. Kamayaya. The village of Kamaya in the outskirts of Ishonamaki City. On that day, there were 108 people in the school, and of those, 74 were children and 10 were staff members who were killed by the wave. They were all killed? All those people? Yes. Holy, that's a lot of death. Yeah. The entire area around the school was destroyed, and it has now been preserved as a memorial to mark the devastating disaster that hit the country. On the day of the disaster, someone had claimed that just five minutes after the earthquake tremors hit, the children had been successfully evacuated from the building and were in the playground lined up by class wearing their hard plastic helmets that they normally stored in their lockers. This, however, was not the case, because for unknown reasons, when the tsunami warning came the kids and staff actually stayed where they were. According to some survivors' accounts, a few of the kids suggested climbing over the 200-meter-high hill that was behind the school, but some local men claimed that no tsunami wave would ever reach so far up the river to the inland location, and thus the teachers decided to stay put. 
They eventually, though, followed in a different evacuation plan when they realized that they did indeed have to move. This plan had the kids move towards a tsunami in an attempt to reach a traffic island that was on a slightly higher ground near the riverbank. When the tsunami ferociously cascaded up the riverbed towards the children, reaching up to 15 meters in height, some of the older kids realized what was happening and made a dash for the hill behind them. Four of them managed to fight their way to high ground and survive. So They have the high ground, Anakin. <laughs> so there's a lot of death at this, this school. Yeah, I can see that. One psychic, recruited by the parents of the dead children, told a horrific story of seeing the spirits of the dead children crawling on the ground near the school. Some of them apparently stuck in invisible water and thrashing as if they were drowning in midair. However, another psychic named Sumi said this was nonsense and that the spirits of the children were at peace and that while some might think they were restless, searching for their living parents and trying to return home, in truth, they are already home. They are in a very good place, she said. And a third person said, those two psychics are full of shit. (laughs) Japanese culture has a deeply embedded and specific relationship with ghosts, or as they're called, yuri. Based on the Shinto tenets of ancestor worship, Japanese ghost folklore often features spirits with unfinished business or who have not been laid to rest properly. In Shinto tradition, a person's spirit is cared for after death by its family, who must provide a proper funeral, pray at their grave, and return for visits to ensure a peaceful passage into the afterlife. If these measures are not taken, the spirit will wander the earthly plane searching for a home they can no longer reach or by attempting to get revenge. During the 2011 tsunami, people violently and suddenly lost their lives, and many bodies were never recovered for burial. By traditional understanding, that meant Japan would have been swamped with wandering ghosts. And as we have seen in this episode, that turned out to be the case. Some have chalked up these events to a collective sort of PTSD, where the community has had to deal with such horror that ghosts are more tolerable than the void created by death. However, there is one aspect of the phantom passenger stories that cannot be explained by psychology— the driver's logs. Many of the cabbies that Yuka Kudo interviewed recorded their strange experience with ghostly passengers in their logbooks. The driver who told the story of the young man who disappeared at Hiyoriyama even showed Kudo his log of the unpaid fare to the mountain. At the very least, the driver's records prove that they believed a passenger was with them. So the question begs, could they really all have been imagining the same thing? So Dakota, what do you think? That was that was fascinating. Yeah, you were very quiet. Was I? Yeah. I guess I was just engaged in the story. Uh, I didn't have a lot to offer, I guess. <laughs> uh, so I want to ask the audience to let us know on Instagram when we post about this episode or, or slide into my DMs, you know, not in that way, perverts. Uh, <laughs> it, do you believe in ghosts? Right. Uh, I personally do. I do too, but I say I don't because when you work overnights, I don't want to think that there's ghosts. Yeah. But scary story, I... Now, this might sound a little bit hooky pooky. <laughs> hooky pooky. Don't get get ready to get hooky pooky, guys. Um, For a long time, I've always kind of felt like there has been a creepy man that would stand at the foot of my bed. That's me. No. (laughs) He's old and tall and wears like a weird bowler's hat. Um, And when I became a Christian and got baptized and like told him to go away in the name of Jesus, I haven't actually held that presence in a long time. It's cool. It's scary as fuck. But yes, also cool. 
So anyways, I do believe in ghosts. I pretend that I don't because otherwise I won't be able to sleep when you do overnights. That's fair. (laughs) Um, I know I would never do this, but if I was like, if we were into pranking each other. I will kill you. I I just get a bowler. I know where you're going with this. I get a a bowler hat, but then you'd wake up and be like, he was a lot taller. (laughs) And then I'd just be all upset because you think I'm short. Yeah. Um, But yeah, listeners, what do you think? Yeah. So yeah, just that's that's crazy i it's weird because i'm like so there's there's certain things where i'm like oh yeah i believe in that and then there's certain things like psychics where i'm like those people are full of shit Mm -hmm. so i'm just i don't know ghosts that just seems like that's a real thing to me that happened Mm -hmm. and that's spooky Mm mm-hmm but then the psychics, I'm like, no, they're just <laughs> out for profit. You know? Most, I think, so, are. So, yeah. Uh, so, I give this 8.4 Japanese New Yorkians <laughs> out of 10. Cool. I'm happy with that. Yes. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. Yeah. I don't really have anything else to say to that, so... I guess Outro, here we just go. Close this out. <laughs> well, that's all we have for this week. We'd like to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to hang out with us. If you enjoyed listening to what we had to say, please download our podcast from wherever you get your podcasts, leave a review, or tell your friends about us because any podcasts really do grow through word of mouth. If you want to stay in contact, you can follow us on Instagram at The Reluctant Historian, on Facebook under The Reluctant Historian Podcast, or leave us a tip at buymeacoffee.com slash the historian. You can also shoot us an email with future show ideas or corrections you may have noted to The Reluctant Historian at gmail.com. So we'll see you next week, same time, same place. There's something strange in your Japan. Who are you going to call? Reverend Kanata. <laughs> <laughs> the, the power of Christ compels you. Yeah. <laughs>